series of Kathleen Turner. Kathleen Turner. And so her voice, that was her signature thing was that her voice was (laughs) like yours. Notice I didn't say raspy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Until you just did. Until, so. Oh, did I? Oh. <laughs> Hi, we're Sam and Bridget, and you're listening to A Walk Across Texas State. Today, our guest is Ralph Leal. Ralph is the Associate Director of Texas State Career Services and has been in the human resources field for more than 20 years. He has a background in the healthcare industry and is involved in community activities, including the United Way of Comal County. We had so much fun talking to Ralph that I think I might have lost my voice a little in this episode, but we're excited for you to hear Ralph's voice and his advice on how to be more intentional in building and maintaining your professional network. Well, I think when we think about, you know, networking, I think a lot of things where people's mind usually goes first is a picture kind of like this traditional networking event where you all have on these weird sticker name tags and you don't know anybody and you have to go walk up and introduce yourself to all these people you don't know. And so I was just curious, kind of like, what are your thoughts on traditional networking events? Do those even still exist? And like, do you have any tips for students who are considering going to one of those? Sure. I, I, Whenever I see like a conference and I see that it says networking actually on the agenda, mm-hmm. just my skin just crawls yeah. because it's just it's so awkward <laughs> to just go up and talk to people. But it, I think networking happens all the time. Yeah, whether it's scheduled on a conference, whether just riding in an elevator, it's mm-hmm. just it's that is those interactions that you have with people that you don't do because eventually you want something from them. You do because it's just kind of nice to get to know other people. Yeah. Uh, the other piece to that is one of the things that I like doing when I go to a new event with people that I know mm-hmm. is I just kind of say, hey, so I'm going to go stand over there and I'm going to go meet some other people because I know the people who I went with because there's no mm-hmm. reason on going to a network event if you're just going to talk to the people who you maybe rode to the event yeah. with. And so I always like to kind of mingle around and meet new folks and talk with them. And it's funny, it doesn't take long before you find out you have two or three things in common with so many people. And yeah. then, you know, based off of that, then if you ever meet them again, that could be kind of a natural starting point to a bigger conversation mm-hmm. and you know, just kind of go from there. Yeah. But as far as like how to network and to do that, I I think it's just you can't do it with an idea that you want something from somebody. Mm -hmm. You do it and to know that one day you really want to help someone out by maybe helping that person out who you just met or maybe introducing somebody else to that person you just met. Because then that's when your kind of circle grows a little bit. And that's whenever it gets real exciting and rewarding whenever you know that you've helped people along the way. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, are you an introvert or an extrovert? You know, that's a great question. Um, My wife will tell you that I am absolutely 100% an extrovert. Isn't that funny? I do not think of myself that way. I'm so introverted. Um, and it, my, like my, my relaxed time, my down, if I could pick out what is the one thing I'd want to do, 
I would just want just to kind of be on a golf course by myself. <laughs> uh, like that's it. And car sure. rides by myself, uh-huh. love it. I don't mind doing it at all. Can you talk a little bit about that? How being mindful of others and relationships has helped maybe foster a network with people like Sam and myself, um, and then also maybe foster a relationship with people who are kind of higher up in the hierarchy, so to speak. Sure. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm not a, a licensed professional counselor or anything. So when I refer to mindfulness, it's <laughs> what I little I know about the big, big subject is just about being present is about wherever you're at, that's where you're at. And to take advantage of whoever you happen to be sitting next to or talking with, like that's, that is a gift. And so to use that gift or to waste it um, is, is what kind of dictates how the rest of your day is going to go, what, what path your life goes down. And so it's, there is a connectedness of so many things in this world and I might have had, uh, you know, motivations of like, you know, talking with you or touring you or, or calling with you to hopefully to get you to come back to work at Texas State <laughs> or to hire you one day or something like that. But, you know, it's also, it, I represent a piece of the university that I want other people to see that, okay, so that's a place I can go to mm-hmm. and people yeah. will care. Mm-hmm. And that is, we talk about, you know, marketing in our office is what we do all the time. And then it's like, we want to define marketing. So what is that? So what do you do? And so we come up with all these wonderful outreach strategies, but we often forget the one of just those one-on-one communications and contacts mm-hmm. that you have with people. That's the ones that allow you to take the things what you're doing and then you share it with somebody else that you've had a good relationship with mm-hmm. and talk with them about and then they're able to share it willingly with a whole bunch of other people. And that kind of word of mouth marketing or those kind of communications from somebody who knows you and can talk to people that you don't know, mm-hmm. but it's because they have a relationship with those new people, that's whenever like that networking really takes off. Sure. Yeah, and I think that, um, too, something I like that you keep bringing up is kind of the intention behind it. Like I haven't heard you say anything about like, because I wanted this Mm -hmm. job or because I thought I was going to get X, Y, Z out of it. And that was like the sole reason. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think kind of like we can all have our own, um, you know, internally, maybe there's kind of a secret wish of maybe one day, but it seems like you really don't look at conversations or relationships as transactional. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I can barely plan out my weekend. <laughs> so so I, I, I don't have a grand scheme in mind about everything I do. I, I just, well, I mean, you know, one is to be honest with people, because if you're that, then you never have to remember the lies you told them to keep the story straight. Yeah. And, and so if you can do that and who you interact with, and then you kind of leave every interaction with uh, people like, man, I wish I had just a few more minutes or I wish the media didn't go, uh, wasn't over so fast or something like that's a good indication that, wow, you know, I actually ha- can count that person as a contact, somebody who I can rely on. So if I ever need help, then maybe, or somebody who I know needs help, then I know who exactly to talk to, um, to talk with. So when you are actively on a job search, so kind of shifting gears a little bit, how do you start to engage that network to let them know you're looking for a job? And then what's the strategy behind that to ultimately land the job if possible? 
Oh, such a trick question because I'm, I'm recording this, right? <laughs> so one is that I absolutely love working here at Texas State. I have this this job checks so many boxes for me. It, mm-hmm. it, I mean, I'm I'm I wish that people were half as fulfilled in their jobs as I am in this one because then I know like this would be a much better place. I think in a way you're always looking because you have to you have to keep an open mind. You don't know. I started working at a place that uh, took care of people with brain injuries. And that led to a, a job where I worked in a hospital that took care of people with brain injuries. And that led to a job where I went back to work uh, at people at a, at a place where I work with people with brain injuries. And then that <laughs> left a job where I got into human resources. And then I took a big leap and I left that healthcare niche and I went into full human resources piece. And then I one of the things I ended up doing was I ended up going over and traveling college campuses across the nation looking for people to work in San Antonio. And it's through that I stumbled upon that connection with Norma and then which got me this job. I can tell you that in any one of those jobs, I was completely fulfilled in what I was doing, but it just kind of revealed itself that maybe this is a good place to go. And so I think one, we we always talk about in-career services teaching job search strategies, but then there's the one where you're, you're just to be able to discern whether or not there's a there's you know there's a possibly another opportunity for you out there that is even better than the one you have right now and to be aware enough to identify it and then to act and put things in place so there's that so you're always looking the other one is should i be actually in a job search and i want to talk with people about it, let people know i am a person that probably is not going to just go and work for a place that I don't really know a lot about. Um, there's just a lot of security that I've always had with my jobs that where I just don't feel like I can just roll the dice and just see how it goes. I had probably that opportunity whenever I was fresh out of college, yeah. uh, and now life has changed. I have yeah. uh, two dogs on my payroll and a couple <laughs> of kids, and so there's just other things that I just have that I have to be mindful of. Not that you can't do it then, but just that the implications of it should it not go well is a little bigger. And then looking at, well, what I have now is fantastic. You know, what what else is out there? But I will absolutely let people know within the organization – or even within the uh, my circle that might have influence over a job that I'm looking at, I will absolutely let them know about my intentions. And so, and I think with that, it makes it easier to come back and say, "Would you mind writing a letter reference? Would you mind acknowledging me on LinkedIn or something along those lines?" That kind of helps make that to keep them in tune with what's going on in my life. And then what you find out is that you find out how other people are also doing the same thing. Hey, I'm thinking about working at this university. What do you know about them? Mm -hmm. And so I tell them, and there's been some folks that I've shared pieces of information with about what I thought the, the work was going to be like at a certain company. And I know was the kind of information that I would want to know had I been going. And sometimes they will heed that and calculate that into their decision and other times they'll get in and they'll leave and they'll say you know you know there was some truth to what 
I had said, but it's, I don't do that to like share everything that I know about every place because you can find a lot of, it's easy to find bad things in places. Uh, but at the end of the day, the, there's always going to be something about a job yeah. that you just don't, it, it, that's not the reason why you wake up in the morning, right. but luckily there's going to be a lot of other things in the job that is much more rewarding and fulfilling that you will almost tolerate those other tasks that you don't really feel crazy about. But, you know, for people to find a job that every single thing that they do at work to be the absolute best, and I can't believe I have this job, those jobs are out there, but I've, I haven't found it yet. I'm, and I'm not that I'm, I don't even know if that's realistic for me, but I know that if I keep on focusing on the things that I really love to do at work, those little bitty tasks I come up across every now and then, it's no big deal. Yeah. I wanted to dig a little into, you said that each job kind of naturally progressed to a different and you, a different sort of role and you discerned as you were going through that process for, you know, thinking back to the times that you were about to switch a job, was it always there was a connection and or like someone maybe recruited you or were you at times actively searching for jobs? And what did that look like in that process of maintaining that other position too? Sure. So I, so it's kind of fun. The, <laughs> the, so when I first came over here to Texas State, my Sunday school teacher in Dallas was, he knew the boss of the company who I ended up working for for about seven years when I came to Texas State. And it was just that little interaction there. So I, I came to Texas State. I saved up money before I came over here. I spent it all in two months. And <laughs> I put it, I opened up a credit card. And then I like figured out the rest of that first semester. And then I realized I can't, this is, the, mm. you cannot, this is not a long-term plan that's going to mm-hmm. work out well. So I ended up going to work for the contact who I knew from the from a from the, from Dallas, his son, the owner of the company's son, is the one who I worked for toward the end of my career. Uh, when I first started, first I got my real job in San Marcos, and then I ended up. He, well, he was doing consulting. This is very confusing for me because it's so <laughs> it's it's like you you, you can't. It can't make it up, but he he was consulting for another business, the hospital that, that I worked for. Mm-hmm. He knew that I had a lot more potential out there mm. yeah. than what I was doing. And he, so weirdly enough, my boss at the time said, I know of a great place for you to work. Now just imagine wow. how horrible that sounds if you don't understand that, like what does he mean behind this? And mm-hmm. so and it, I worked for that hospital system for about six, seven years, still maintained great contacts with people who I worked at that hospital system with. Then the fun thing is that the guy who referred me to that job, who was in consulting there, sold his company had to sit out away from the industry for a non-compete period of two years. And at two years and one day, he made me a job offer to work for him again. Wow. So that's, and then, so now he is still in San Marcos. We still talk to each other. We just went to a football game with each other. And so this is somebody who I've known since 
1991. And then we still stay in contact today. And so, yeah, and he's been a reference for me uh, mm. for my, from some other jobs as well. Wow. And I love that that story started, you know, here in college. And that's how long that relationship has lasted. And so I think that's exciting for students to hear too. So with that in mind, like, just would you have any advice for students who are looking to start building their network right now? What can they do now? Sure. Well, you know, there's always the classroom work that you get. You get to meet people in class. But if you don't do anything outside of class, then I mean, you're just you're literally getting out of your car, walking into a room, and then walking out of the room, we get back in your car. And that's not good. That's not how you live a, like a to expand your network there. Mm. It's certainly, the, and I'm sure students have heard this over and over again, but just mm. get involved in something. Yeah. And so I know we want to say professional organizations in the career path that you want to get into, but there's also other fun things that you can get involved with too. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like the future healthcare coalition or something like it. It can be something actually have a blast with a chess club mm -hmm. band anything just to kind of get you out there and that's how your network can grow here and then the other one is if you're fortunate enough to do an internship while you're in school is to make sure that you use every moment of that internship to not just fulfill a requirement of hours that you have to have, but to actually get out and meet people and to mm -hmm. do that and to main contact, maintain contact with those people as well. The I've done, I had to do two internships. Well, I did one internship in undergraduate because I had to. And then I read an article somewhere that says you really need to do internships whenever you're in school to help you get a job. So I did two. I did an mm. extra one, didn't have to. <laughs> and I know both of those those people mm. today uh, oh. are, are still in healthcare. And I still connect with them from time, not as often as I do because I'm not in that industry anymore. Mm -hmm. But I do, I, so I still have communications with the people who, I think I was 93 and 94 is when I did those uh, internships. And so just, but, but maintaining those contacts. And it's just through that you find out that, and as it turns out, my first professor in graduate school worked with my first internship supervisor. Hmm. And so like, how does that, like, hmm. how does that help me? It, it doesn't really help me. It just hmm. made a connecting point to my first instructor in graduate school. I didn't know anything about mm -hmm. going to college, much less graduate school, when I first came here. So just mm -hmm. knowing that you had a, some kind of connection with someone mm -hmm. was reassuring. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Sure. Thanks for the invite. Y'all are doing yeah. great. Thanks, Ralph. All right. <laughs> A Walk Across Texas State is produced and edited by Zachary Webb and student producer Zach Blue. Music by Richard Hall. For free resources and additional information about our services, head over to careerservices.txstate.edu and follow us on social media at TXSTCareers. Thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.